Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify black letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Dubs, welcome back to another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. Joining me again is Dubs Herschlip. He is now the unfrozen Dubs Herschlip. And that is not a reference to death, dying, or freezing of a corpse. That is a reference to video latency when it comes to doing these with uh, video as well as all you listeners, which I know 90% of the folks or more are listening only, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, Dubs, welcome back. So on this this kind of wrap-up segment, let's hit the three or four or five, whatever it is, major things that you want people to take away from this show about estate planning and kind of what to think about and what what are the hot button items or big topics or just things they should think about when they're planning for end of life. Great. Thanks, Tom. I have a, a short list. It's it's not as short as three to five things of essential documents. There's some essential documents that you might want to have, a durable power of attorney, a healthcare directive, physician's orders on life-sustaining treatment or a pulse form. And I want to take a stop there for a second on this pulse form because my wife is a uh, is a geriatrician and so she's often dealing with end of life care. And I want to recommend a book by Atwal Gwande um, called Being Mortal. And he's he's a he's an ER surgeon and really takes the perspective of you know can we cure death and if not, then shouldn't we be talking about optimizing the experience. And really that's that's what happens in this physician's orders on life-sustaining treatment. It's sort of a menu for people and you can fill them out for free with your doctor. This isn't even something that you need a lawyer for. Most medical offices have this on file. Anytime you're getting a surgery, they make you fill it out. Um, as, a, as a senior, you can just go in and make an appointment to fill it out. Yeah. And let me just throw something in, Doug. So in, in other states, it's sometimes called a living will. Right. Yeah, that's the healthcare directive that attorneys draft. I'm talking about the doctor's form. Well, so and and I'm just I I know that when I'm going to get a medical procedure because I'm over 50 that everybody gets over 50, and I had to fill out a form and they asked, "Do you have a living will?" Because it there there is there are at least in Virginia there's a statutory form for that that directs people about life-sustaining treatments and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, all right. So it is incorporated in some states by statute. Uh, so just just for the listeners, what we're talking about, sort of similar, same kind of thing, right? Um, some states have statutory versions of this that you can fill out that are exactly what you say, Dubs, a menu of like, I want to receive food. I don't want to receive food. I want bread and water, whatever it is, like, or just let me die, you know, in peace. Is that That's what you're kind of talking about, right? That is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's there's a document that attorneys can draft, then there's a document that doctors have. And I'm I'm really just, you know, I'm going to keep talking from an attorney's perspective, but also it's just incredibly important for people to talk to their doctor or communicate to their doctor about their end of life wishes. And it can come from the healthcare directive or living will that your attorney drafts. 
give a copy to your doctor's office, have them put it in your medical records so that if you go in for emergency treatment, they're going to have access to it. They're going to read it. But right. it's not something to be underestimated. Um, you know, end of life can can be a long, drawn out process. It can be six months, three years for my dad's situation. And so, you know, you can request comfort measures. So, you know, whether you want a hospice or not. And that's really something that's very important for people to talk to because uh, talk to their doctors about because their doctors are often coming in with the prerogative of, I got to save you. That's my job. I'm the doctor. I bring life-saving measure as well. Sometimes the life-saving measures are painful and invasive and may or may not actually prolong uh, a, a quality life. They they might prolong your life, but under uh, a diminished quality circumstance that some people don't want. And so where you know you can choose comfort measures, you can say, yeah, I'm okay with painkillers or not if you, you know, uh, or intubation. It's kind of invasive to have a big metal tube shoved down your throat. Super important for survival, but some people, you know, don't have uh, a prospect of long-term survival. So sometimes you need to prompt your doctor to have that conversation. And usually the the key word is hospice. Um, by saying hospice, you're sort of deprioritizing all of the all of the life-saving measures that doctors can bring to bear because not only are they invasive, but they're often often quite expensive. And many people at the end of the life, end of their lives, they start thinking about their legacy and what they're able to leave their family. And if they're spending all their money on full guns treatment, um, you know, the the medical bills at the end of someone's life can, you know, often be four times as expensive as the medical bills that they spent throughout their entire lifetime. Statistics show that 80% of people spend quadruple the medical dollars in the last six months of life that they do during their entire lifetime. Um, wow. So yeah. having that hospice conversation uh, can be really critical in preserving the quality of life and preserving um, the bulk of someone's estate. So other things on the checklist to think about when you're planning? Yeah, you, again, have to get a will. Maybe you want a trust agreement. Uh, you want to consider organ donation. In some states, you might want to talk about death with dignity. That's sort of complicated and beyond the, the scope of what we're talking about here. And then there's some sort of non-legal documents, at least from, from a Washington perspective, uh, that I recommend, which is a letter of instruction, really just kind of, I call it the treasure map with my clients, telling your heirs how to find whatever the assets are. You know, and quite often it's just a list of all the financial accounts, including the account right. number and the mailing address of the institution for sending in the death certificate and then estimated balances and designated beneficiaries because the money will just come back in the mail. If you know the account, the institution, and you send in the death certificate, they're going to send the, the proceeds back, whether it's life insurance or a bank account. But if you don't know, then you're putting the onus on this third-party institution to come find you, and it doesn't always work, in which case you might want to look in the state's lost property registry uh, within the two years uh, before it's gone. Um, so that's a letter of instruction or a treasure map. You can also put other things that aren't so easily tracked, like gold bullion or cryptocurrency or um, you know, user ID and passwords to digital assets like photos and your iTunes, uh, all, all of the digital assets that you might have can go in the letter of instruction. Um, 
in Washington and other states. We also have something a tra- called a transfer on death deed where you can designate beneficiaries yep. to real property. So a transfer is just like your finances on death and outside probate. That's a that's sort of a really nice way to avoid probate in Washington. And then also key contacts. One thing um, that that is often missed is people don't know who the decedent's attorney is or their CPA or um, you know, friends that happen to know that there's a safety deposit box and how to access it. So key contacts is also nice to communicate to loved ones. And then finally, something again that doesn't require an attorney, really has no legal effect, but an ethical will um, where you can tell your loved ones you know, how you feel about them, what you've learned in life, what you'd like them to carry forward. Uh, and there's a great book called uh, For You When I Am Gone by Steve Leader, where he really goes into what an ethical will is. And it's just a beautiful exploration of life and, and what's important in life and, and how to relate to loved ones. Awesome, Dubs. Thank you for joining us in this Black Letter Podcast. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today once again. And uh, Dubs Herships, ladies and gentlemen, Download it to wherever get your podcasts and watch it on YouTube. We'll see you next time on The Black Letter. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.